0: You're listening to the Screening in Kingston podcast, recorded in Kingston, Ontario, Canada, at CFRC 1019 FM, Queen's University campus. Okay, we're ready to kick off our second ever movie club
1: so exciting
0: um what informally was known as the tyler vance memorial fan club (laughs) but as we all know tyler vance has escaped the subway and he's fine he's alive Um, and well alive and well he's doing great he actually emailed in this week so we'll we'll chat with about tyler in in a little bit but uh now it's called the streaming in kingston movie club because we thought well that's fitting
1: Simple and sweet. Yeah,
0: and we, we have to stream these movies anyway, so it it's, gets to the point. Uh,
1: when we're back to quote-unquote real life, maybe we'll have to change the name. But yeah. for now, it's appropriate.
0: I was thinking about that, because if we want to include, if we continue the movie club, which I'm sure we will, because the response has been positive, that we'll, we might want to include movies in theaters, depending upon what the theme is. So. Yeah. Yeah, it would make sense that we probably would have to change the name again, but that's fine. We can always go back to the Tyler Vance Memorial Movie Club.
1: Exactly. You know, we
0: you know he, we can do that. <laughs> you know, I did.
1: Um, speaking of movie theaters, did you get the email from the screening room? The their update.
0: Uh, no, <laughs> I didn't get it. There's oh, just like update?
1: their regular mailing list.
0: Yeah, I'm on it. Well, <laughs> I didn't check get your it. spam. Okay, well, I will. What? So, can you give us a little preview when here? Like, what's up?
1: is hoping to maybe uh, opening like midway through July. Really? Um, I'll see if I can pull up the email real quick.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's I, that's really fascinating. I, I didn't think they the movie theaters would even be back this summer. I know that some new movies are still planning on opening in July, but even Tenant from Christopher Nolan has now been officially pushed back. So it's, it's not coming out at the beginning of July. They have pushed the date back again. So I think they were even thinking, oh, maybe theaters aren't going to be ready to open. But that's interesting if she says she's hoping to open actually this summer.
1: So I got this Friday, June the 12th. Yeah. They're doing virtual cinema right now. Yep. Uh, should you want to support the screening room, you can pay for a ticket and half the cost or half the profits go to the screening room. Um, And then I scroll down, and it says, after nearly three months, our cinema is still closed, but it looks possible that we'll be able to reopen in July. But this is just a guess. Okay. Cinemas in BC and Alberta are are allowed to open this week, and their government's guidelines are giving us some sense of what to expect in Ontario. Okay. And then it goes on to explain... You know, she gives all the the sorry the numbers about you know currently she can sit sit this money, but this is how many that can sit um, in the future. And they're going to introduce debit, and um, you can buy on the site, and you'll have to reserve a seat. Okay. Yeah. So. It's a guess about July, right. but more hopeful than what Wendy reported when we had her on the show a couple weeks ago.
0: Absolutely. I mean, that's, that's way more She was hopeful. thinking the fall. Yes, yeah. I mean, that's what I was just sort of prepared myself for. I had no idea that they would even be ready um, come July. But, I mean, that is interesting. I heard about Alberta and British Columbia. They've always been a couple weeks ahead of Ontario, yeah. so kind of makes sense in that. But, yeah, you know, okay, so she's hoping for July. There you go.
1: So everyone who's on the mailing list for the screening room, the actual theater, check your mailbox. Yeah, um,
0: I got to find that email. I did not. I did not see yeah. it come through. I got to find that.
1: Wendy goes into pretty good. Uh, she provides a pretty good description of what it's going to look like. It's going to be pretty different than what we're used to.
0: Yeah, which that I think is just something we're we're all going to have to. Try to get used to what what will become the new normal at some of these places, especially movie theaters. The you know your the screening room never had debit, it, it never had reserved seating, and it just makes sense. It's going to make everyone feel more comfortable. It's going to be safer. It's going to be easy for them to clean and keep track of things. If you can buy your ticket in advance online, reserve your seat. Um, it, I know for the multiplexes, that's what I that's all what I do now. I always buy online and I always reserve my seat, and it just makes it you a little easier. To. Yeah, you have to. So it's. Um, it, it's good to hear. I'm glad you brought that up. I had no idea. And there you go. That's that's excellent. Really good mm-hmm. news.
1: So our next uh, movie club may very well be in the theaters.
0: I hope so. I really do. I hope that uh, we're we're coming to to that point. I'd love to get back in the in the theater. And even even yeah, even those things. I'll reserve my seat. I'll buy online. I'll keep seats between me and other people. That's fine. So long as I'm in the movie theater.
1: If anything, it's gonna make it nicer.
0: Oh, I agree. I couldn't agree more. (laughs) Those are all—all the things you're naming are all things I like. So,
1: you're good, good, good,
0: (laughs) good. very good. Um, Things are gonna look a little different on this show for the next couple of weeks because we're into the movie club so I just wanna let everyone know we are going to continue to do fan questions we're just gonna push them to the end of the show so we can focus on each movie club movie at the beginning we'll give kinda of update general updates we will we will go through each uh, each film as we review them we'll hear from fans um, those of you participating in the movie club if you have fan questions that will be part of kind of our normal part of the review process for movie club but just so you know if you've written in this week um, it'll probably be at the end of the episode or um, we'll be pushing the questions to the end of each week because actually we got a lot of fan questions this week so I want to make sure we give time for the movie club and then we'll we'll go into uh, our fan questions as well so I'm glad we got to kick off with some screening room news. That, and uh, good, news. good news yeah that's right yeah good news you're right i should say good news because we <laughs> haven't had a lot, lot of, of
1: bad news. news yeah
0: yeah haven't had a lot of good news you're absolutely right <laughs> um but let's um let's let's dive into this here we're we're kicking off our movie club we're looking at canadian films um, we announced it uh, last week. We uh, launched our new website and got a lot of great feedback, Taylor, and got a lot of people registering for the movie club, which is excellent. Love um, to see it. Yeah, me too. I'm, I'm really happy with this. Um, so how this is going to work is Taylor and I will will review the films, we'll uh, insert some fan comments and thoughts that, that they've written in throughout, but also we'll hear some people wrote longer, again, email-style thoughts that we'll read out as well. Um, we'll also give the film ratings, and we've invited our fans who joined our movie club to, to rate the film as well. So if you're in our movie club, you would have received an email from us with a, a kind of secret, not really a secret, it's just a private form that you get to fill out yourself um, rating the film and, and talking about uh, what you liked about it. Now, Taylor, just so you know, because we, we've changed it a little bit in terms of our rating system, but I changed it a little bit back to make it a little easier on some of our fans so see it stream it airplane it and skip it are are the ratings that i gave to our fans okay so just so you know i i put see it back just so people have two two kind of positive rating areas that they can put like the top rating is obviously see it stream it is is like if you
1: had the opportunity to see it in theater would you
0: yes exactly that's Got it. exactly it. Whereas stream, it is oh, I'm comfortable seeing it at home for can wait. No reason. Yeah, I can wait. Um, airplane, it is is Taylor's creation, of course. Uh, you came up with that. Uh, it's good,
1: but it's not that good.
0: Exactly, it's good, but I'll just <laughs> throw it on the airplane, whatever, and then skip it. Is obvious. Don't yeah. watch it. So um, we'll go through that ratings as well. Um, Just uh, if you did miss it or or you're new to the show, go to ScreeningInKingston.com, our website. You can find the movie club there. You can still sign up even if you miss a film. That does not matter. You can still watch the next ones with us each week. They're uh, all available through Netflix or CBC Gem. Uh, Go to ScreeningInKingston.com and get all the information
1: there. Can I just say how easy it was to use CBC Gem?
0: You can say that, Taylor. You can say whatever you want.
1: <laughs> I, mean, I mean, yeah. technically. <laughs>
0: <I'm a laughs> you don't have to around. ask. You just go. Just um, say whatever
1: you want. <laughs> just like as we launch into the first movie, uh, Black Cop, mm-hmm. we watched it on the CBC Gem app. Yeah, I love that I didn't have to download anything. Yes, and I
0: didn't even have to make an account. Neither. Yeah, they, you just press and go. Yeah. I did not like some of the placements of the ads, though.
1: Yeah, I know. It
0: kind of cut into moments of the movies where I'm like, wait a minute. Like, some of it made sense, where it's like, oh yeah, you'd have a commercial break here if it was on television. But every once in a while, it almost half cut off a sentence, and I I didn't like that.
1: I watch some Trixie Mattel videos. She's from RuPaul's Drag Race. She has her own channel. Oh, okay. So I watch her videos sometimes. And I watch BuzzFeed Unsolved. Yeah. And both of those are, their videos are about 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. And the commercials never make sense. Like on YouTube. <laughs> so I, it was very much the same experience with CBC Gem. But okay. I guess I'm used to it. Sure. Because of YouTube. I guess um, what
0: threw me off was that. Sometimes it was so loud, like I. And
1: they'd play the same ad four times. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, and it was so just like here, here we are in an intense moment, and like maybe you know he he's just pulled over that uh, that that woman and her husband, and and it's been a real intense, and then we go to a a break and it's like buy your toothpaste right now. You can get toothpaste or five dentances (laughs) of six yeah.
1: (laughs) The tarns aren't normal but cars are.
0: Yeah, but cars and it's screaming at you. (laughs) Like it's so loud. And it's like the film is is relatively dark in terms of lighting like, and then suddenly yeah. it's like a massive background of color <laughs> as you <laughs> jump into your ad and oh, it was, yeah, it was a very odd experience. But I agree with you. In terms of actually using CBC Gem, it took me two seconds to find the movie and I was I was in. Yeah,
1: literally typed yeah. it into the search bar and, pl- and press play.
0: Yeah, and none of that, like sometimes you type things in, like I find this with Crave a lot where I'll type in Like let's say I wanna watch newsroom and I'll start typing in like news. Unless you finish the sentence, it will give you every other option you possibly can.
1: Netflix is like that too. Yeah.
0: Whereas this one was like the minute you type B, it's like black cock pops up. Like it's it's so intuitive. Intuitive. Yeah. Yeah. So I I agree. C B C For A
1: free, completely free content. Yeah. Yes, the commercials were a little bit normal, but or annoying, sorry. But um Worth it, I would say. But it, yeah, and
0: you got to keep in mind—it's the reason why it's free—is because they're able to sell advertising,
1: right? Like and that's that's why it's free. If we weren't so cheap and bought accounts, yeah, we wouldn't have commercials.
0: Exactly. You could just buy an account. That's true. We were saying this where it's like, why don't you just spend the six bucks and buy buy the account?
1: Pretty yeah. cheap.
0: Yeah, I know. Um, but yeah, I agree. I, I agree with you as first kind of thoughts on first time we've talked about a film off CBC Jam. Very easy app to use. Um, so yeah, I'm, I thought it was good.
1: I'm definitely going to use it more often.
0: Yeah, there's actually quite a few films that as I was going through and just kind of looking around, even when we were planning uh, this movie club a couple of weeks ago, where I, I kind of marked as, okay, that actually looks interesting too. So even some of the ones we didn't pick, I think I might watch as well. Yeah, mix it up. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, we're gonna we're gonna talk about Black Cop. Um, the you know this this film is written and directed by uh, Corey Bowles. Um, has not done much in his credit. Now he is a uh, director who's worked on a couple Canadian TV shows. He's from Montreal. Um, he did uh, he did a lot of directing actually on Trailer Park Boys. Um, he also it- acted in it.
1: Is it actually Corey from that, Trailer Park Boys?
0: Uh, I don't. Yes, that is that's this character name in Trailer Park Boys. Yeah, Corey.
1: That is so funny. I
0: don't know Trailer Park Boys, so I don't. Oh. yeah, I don't know anything. I didn't. He
1: plays like the dumbest person.
0: Oh, okay. <laughs> yes, it's Corey <laughs> so from it's Trailer. Hilarious. Park. That
1: he's now a director.
0: <laughs> yes, he. is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's actually like he's got directing credits. A lot of them are, are short films, obviously, but he's done some Canadian TV shows, release Coast, Trailer Park Boys. Um, Diggstown, which I've never heard of, but apparently it's on now. Um, and it's a CBC, um, show as well. So he's done quite a bit of Canadian, like he's Canadian, so it makes sense. But he's done quite a bit of television direction. Um, and this was one of his first major films that he's directed. So just cool. give a, we, we want to talk about directors and spotlight writers a little bit as we go through this. Um, so there you go. That's a little information on on Corey from Trailer Park Boys, I guess is what we'll call him.
1: So funny. <laughs>
0: yeah, I don't know the show. I've never watched Trailer Park Boys, well, so I have no. <laughs> I'm not. Canadian
1: media is pretty <laughs> incestuous. Yeah. So it only makes sense.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, So yeah, this this film uh, debuted at TIFF a couple years ago. I believe it was 2018, Um, and uh, I actually, it's interesting. I. I didn't hear much about this even in the past couple years until until we read about it and decided to pick it. So I kind of went into it a little bit blind. Did you know much about the film, Taylor, before watching it?
1: I'd never heard of it before. Mm,
0: okay. Yeah. Neither have I. Um, and it's interesting because there's a couple films that have similar content that I'd heard of over this. And again, I think it's just the, the Canadian problem of we just don't have the resources to market films in the same way, which is a shame um, because you do miss out on good films. As much as I I believe I've criticized Canadian film making and film on here before. But I will say that there's also some very high quality Canadian films as well. And then I think you miss it. Yeah, it's hidden. You're you're absolutely right. It's hidden. Um, But anyway, um, getting into the film itself, Taylor, what did you think of Black Cop?
1: That was interesting. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that stuck out most to me was the radio announcer throughout the pro thru- throughout the movie. Sorry, yeah, um, like on the I car
0: d- radio. You mean yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: So the lead character is a police officer, and he spends a lot of this, a, a lot of the movie in his cruiser, and he's listening to talk radio. And one of the Announcers is featured really prominently, almost Mm. like she's an ongoing soundtrack to the film. Yeah, and it reminded me a lot of The Warriors. Do you? Are you familiar with that film? I'm not. So it's a movie from the 1970s about rival gangs in New York, essentially. Right. And throughout the film, there is a African American radio Announcer, who kind of her voice like breaks into the action and is reporting on what's going on in the city in terms of this gang war. Okay. So I don't know. Just even her voice sounded very similar yeah. to the to the radio announcer in the Warriors. So that struck me the most. That the use of the the talk radio, mm-hmm. um, and I thought it was interesting. I also thought. The monologues, there's a lot of monologues yes. in the film. Oh, so many. Um, and not even, like, it's not even like the character is talking to another character in conversationally and is having a monologue. It's literally just him facing the camera delivering a monologue.
0: With essentially a, a sort of black, nothing background. As if he was on a stage, like, as if it's a theater play, you know. Yeah. And, and he's just he's just giving his monologue.
1: So I thought that was particularly interesting and his delivery sounded very much like spoken word poetry mm-hmm. and I thought that and then the film ends with a young protester yeah delivering a spoken word poem.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So
1: I'm like, "Huh, parallels." Yeah, you get kind
0: of you get quite a few of those things. Like you brought up two interesting parallels because a lot of the things that come up basically in the car radio you then see examples of like yeah. it's almost like commenting on what you're going to see in the film it's also almost giving us a little like prelude into what what we're going to witness and then yeah the 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 soliloquies he gives throughout kind of ends with this spoken word poem from that he's watching he's observing mm-hmm. and it's almost as though I, again i i don't know because you know the there are some things about this film that I don't think are clear, but it's almost what I took from that end is is that him at a protest getting getting all these thoughts that then kicked off the film, you know, as opposed to it, you know, necessarily the film running chronologically to an end. You
1: think that the end actually happened at the beginning? Maybe
0: in, maybe helped inspire the beginning. Yeah, like that. That's one of the thoughts I had because there's there's a couple moments where I thought the film was going to go into different directions than it did and i thought one of the things that it did very well was was showed his kind of slow crawl to making this decision to behave this way because he kind of he always had like he's a police officer with a lot of attitude at the beginning anyway but you see the way he's treated you see an incident um that he has with police officers and you start to see him I, at least I, I thought the actor did a really good job of this. You see his moments in his mind where he's like, "This just happened, this just happened," and you can kind of see, okay, now he's going to do this." But where I still, things break. Yeah, wh- where the break kind of happens. But I still felt like what I was missing was kind of the kickoff, like wh- where to me, I was always taught, at least, that when you're writing, the moment your play or movie begins is the moment that day-to-day action is ending. So something happens, and that's when a play begins. So that's when a movie begins. It's day-to-day is interrupted. So that, to me, that's kind of how I interpreted the ending, was he's getting these ideas, and it starts him on this spoken word journey where he's talking through his emotions.
1: But, I'm like with you, but he, you see him at the... At a protest at the beginning of the film, mm-hmm. and he's in uniform. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So where does that, where's that protest, where does it fall chronologically, given the second protest at the end of the film when he's in civilian clothes?
0: Yeah, I mean, that's that's a good point. Um, I guess, like, I don't know, I guess I saw that as an example of of him, his attitude, at some point in time, changing. I guess that that's kind of the moment that I'm even looking at going, okay, so at the beginning of the film, he's at a protest. He's not really taking the protesters seriously. He has kind of a smug look on his face, he even, like, gets into a physical altercation with one of them. And then, not really suddenly, because they, they do do a bit of a, a, a grow with it, but it just seemed like, okay, now he's talking about these issues. Um, so, I don't know, may, maybe it's in between. I thought the I catalyst
1: know. was... His his mistreatment by his the white coworkers. The like the when incident, he gets racially profiled. Yeah, when he goes to, to the me, store and
0: buys the water and then has an interaction with them. yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. And it was that was the catalyst, and then I but I do think the director and the writer Cory Bowles um, plays with the chrono... Chron- with the chronological time sequence. Oh, I think he because does. Because the boy... I don't want to give anything away. But the boy that's essentially haunting him... Yeah. Through the film... Yeah. We realize at the end... It may be a literal haunting.
0: Yeah, like there's... there's the character... The boy that you see who's watching him, who follows him throughout the movie... And interacts
1: you, with him, and in it certain... interacts with
0: him. Yeah, you see, you see the importance of him at the end of the film, and so that definitely does. And if you
1: blank, you'll miss it.
0: Yes. Oh, absolutely. You can't. You have to watch it, and that is where I. That's where kind of what gave me the thought of like we're definitely dealing with chronological things and jump points here. Because yeah. even then, again, I again, it's this is this film's hard to talk about without giving any every thing away but like light spoilers, he has this interaction with himself at one point in the car. Mm-hmm. Uh, where that to me is a you're 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 dealing with a character who's who's obviously at a breaking point and he's I He's an
1: unreliable narrator. Yes,
0: he's an unreliable narrator and he even in some of the reactions when you go- jump back to the soliloquies, things started to seem a little out of order to me. Like you see some of his breaking points and his explosions early, but you also see it later. You see the kind of calm demeanor early on, but then you also see it in, in you know, interplayed in, throughout the movie. So it's, it's, to me, it, it, there is something going on with time here where we're jumping around. But that's actually one of the criticisms I have for the movie is I was left filling in too many blanks and that's something that I do watching film a little bit too much. And sometimes like I, I almost let filmmakers get away with things because I'm like, no, 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 this is what it is. I'm filling in these blanks. I do it with superhero moves all the time. But this movie... you like, do- no,
1: that's just a plot hole. Yeah,
0: exactly. It's a plot hole that you're filling in your mind because you think, you, oh, no, this is what they meant by that. And to me, this movie, as as strong as it was in some areas, I think it still lacked a little bit of... Bringing everything together, and making it a little more cohesive. Um, I agreed. Yeah.
1: The, the first thing I did when I saw the movie was, I'm like, I, I need to read a synopsis. Yeah. But because it's a Canadian movie,
0: there's good luck. no good Fun synopsis. In the synopsis. <laughs> yeah. There's like there's like a one sentence one even on CBC yeah. Gem.
1: <laughs> so, because I wanted to know, like, I wanted someone to explain the ending to me. Yeah. Um, so, like, you explained it in your mind by being like, oh, it's actually supposed to happen at the beginning, but I don't agree. Like, I think it was supposed to happen at the end. Right. Like, after all this stuff has happened, um, which just kind of creates questions, like, yes. in terms of the timeline. 100%. So, yeah, that's an issue of writing. Um, yeah.
0: Yeah, no, I, I 100% <laughs> agree with you. Yo, I, I And I do think that there's a lot in this film I liked, but I do think the writing just lacked a little bit of. This is where I'm going with it. And even if they knew, like sometimes a writer or a director knows where they're going and has it, but they, communicating it to your audience is like the next step to that. Um, it's it's why a lot of you know filmmakers that you know create confusing things. They they know Christopher Nolan always knows what he's talking about, but doesn't always do a great job of conveying that to his audience. So I feel like like. Corey Bowles knew what he wanted, but wasn't exactly conveying it because you and I kind of have a little bit of a different interpretation of how this movie ends and and where where we think it's going. Because there were questions, like there were a lot of questions I had. Like I don't even know what was up with the whole, the, you know, the police officer incident where where he actually has a physical altercation with another officer to save um, two two teens. That scene. Um,
1: oh, and then his. Female colleague yes. talks about how they're working with the police. Yeah, and, and, and he asks, that How someone, are they working with the police? Yeah, and and someone stole said, the
0: uniform. And, <laughs> and at a moment, I was like, Wait a minute, has he not been a police officer this whole time and pretending? Like, that's where my mind went, and I don't think I was supposed to go there. No, so I, I think just it was just bad writing. I yeah, think
1: it yeah. was like he missed two lines of dialogue.
0: Yeah, yeah, It's it's as if we're missing something here. That, that should be here to kind of explain that because it almost seemed too throw away. Because um, even from the, the perspective of, like, when she pulls him over, I, I kind of see what she's doing because she might suspect him a bit and is trying to throw things in there. But it's to me, it's still a plot hole because also what... Uh, I didn't know if he killed that officer. You know what I mean? Like, I, I was so confused as even that interaction. Or,
1: yeah, if you see scenes later where, like, it maybe adds clarity, but because he's an unreliable narrator, well, you don't know. we don't know,
0: yeah, um, <laughs> you know, and and I agree with, like I think the film had a lot of uh, had a, had a lot of those little writing holes where you're like, I'm not sure if I'm getting this, but all in all, i I still thought the film was quite interesting, um and I thought the lead performance was was great, um despite the fact that he's in Star Trek Discovery. Um, you know, which is not a great uh, addition to the Star Trek family, but whatever. This isn't about Star Trek. Um, I, I do think that the performance was very strong, and without a strong lead, this this wouldn't work at all. And I think that each scene that they did, where where he was actually interacting with the public, was done in a way to very much mirror what Black people go through all the time. And I thought that if that's the point of the film, they did a good job of that.
1: Yeah, I think... I His name is Ronnie Rao. Or uh, Ronnie Rowe?
0: Yeah, I'll double check, but I'm pretty sure.
1: Um, He did a really great job. But again, and I, I'm sorry I keep slagging on Canadian cinema, but we as an industry need to grow. And if we don't criticize, we can't get better. But I think it fell into the trap... Of like Canadian acting almost feels stagey, like like corny almost. Well, so it is. I I thought, and I'm like, is this a problem? Like, why does everything feel like Degrassi?
0: <laughs> like, <laughs> okay, hold on. It's not as, this. This movie was not as bad acting as Degrassi. But,
1: but so. The film opens with him at a protest. He is doing a really great job of emoting. I get him right away. Yeah. And then these two protesters oh, come the, up to yeah, him. Yeah, the
0: protesters. Yeah.
1: How degrassi was their delivery of lines?
0: Yeah. No, that's that's correct. And
1: that's yeah, like yeah, the absolutely. opening yeah. part of the movie.
0: <laughs> Those are the young actors, though. They got from Ryerson School of Acting, Taylor. Okay, <laughs> they're they they get the, they're excited to get a union credit. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> they're just. A... But you're right. No, and you're right. I I went to school for theater. I, kn- I and I know people who went to programs across Ontario. The teaching methods are all the same. They teach you for the stage first and foremost. But it all it's very the same. I mean, I think we brought this up when we talked about Aladdin. Um, yeah. How I could recognize in the guy who played Latin that he was trained in Canada. And he was. He went to school in, in Toronto. You can just... There's something about it that you can tell. Um, yes, his name is Ronnie Rowe. Now, Ronnie Rowe Jr. is what he seems to go by in all his film credits. Okay. Um, including Star Trek Discovery.
1: Um, Other... Other supporting actors were not as bad as those first protesters. No, but certainly not to the standard we would equate with mainstream North American cinema.
0: No, and the only you know you didn't get a lot of um, you didn't get a lot of screen time with anyone else other than him. and I guess like the next biggest role would be so Sophia Walker. Played the rookie cop, so mm-hmm. his sort of counterpart. There's a young female cop. She's also black. She's a rookie, and she has probably the most screen time of any uh, any other character. Because I think she she's wasn't horrible. Scenes. No, no, she. I, I thought she was fine. Um, but you're right. A lot of the people who even he interacts with at all the different um, all the different points you see him interacting for uh, for those sort of moments where you're showing police brutality or you're showing him. Um, handling situations extremely poorly. That none of them had sort of the level quality of acting that I think we're used to. Yeah.
1: Um, but overall, I would say it was a very interesting film.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I say, had a lot
1: to say. Right. Yeah.
0: And and you know what the thing is is all I was thinking through this was it has a lot to say, and it's worth watching because of that. There's just so many. There's so many things in there that some of us out there take for granted that we we know. They take for granted that there's information that you're thinking like, okay, no, I know what goes on. I get it. Yeah. But there's more detail in this and there's nuance in this and there's moments that can make you go, wow, like that's happening and it is. So the movie does an, a very effective job of showing you exact instances where a police officer is abusing their power and in this case, because the, the film's basically reversing it, it's a black police officer treating... Um, white people poorly. where what He's racially
1: tra- profiling white. Exactly.
0: Yeah. Thru- throughout the whole film. And that's yeah. the point, is to reverse it. Um, which again, to quickly throw it back to Star Trek, Taylor, that's what I liked about Star Trek, is they would take things and reverse it so you look at it with a bit of a different lens. And it's supposed to, I think, make you... Go, well, that's not right. Well, therefore, if it's not right for a black police officer to be doing this and racial profiling white people, then the the reverse is also the same. White police officers who do this to black people all the time, it's not good. And you see such clear examples of the in this film, and I thought that was the most effective part of the movie, without a doubt.
1: Yeah. I also thought just the exploration of his motivations and how you know, um, he's not necessarily a good guy. No. Like, point blank. No. Whether he's a cop or not.
0: No. So no, I thought
1: that was a very nuanced approach. That. Um, he's not. So, uh, he's not someone that you're really rooting for. But you understand where he's coming from. Yeah.
0: And the film does a great. Yeah, the film does a great job of doing that a great job of, of showing you, that's kind of the build that I was talking about is, you know, the, the movie, I will say the movie does, does a pretty good job of, of letting things sit for a bit. And actually Tyler Vance, I'll, I'll read his thoughts in a moment. He brings up that that was something that he really appreciated. was not a lot of film give you time to, to, I think he says uh, time to marinate Mm -hmm. with scenes you see. Um, And this film does a pretty good job of that, which allows you time to see the character growth. And again, I think that's credit to the actor. Yeah. Who without speaking can, can show us emotions and things he's thinking. Um, which, which is really good. Yeah, I, definitely. Uh, he was probably my favorite aspect of the movie itself. Um, there was something you said that I wanted to say something about, but now it's completely like, as it does is completely lost my mind. Um, <laughs> maybe
1: one of the questions will remind maybe you. Maybe
0: it will. Um, but I, you know, I will say that in terms of exploring this topic further, this is definitely a movie that I would say, yeah, you're, you're going to get some interesting information here. Is it as good as Detroit, which is another movie that deals with this? No. But it's still, you know, there was a lot of things about it that that did surprise me. Um, and I was, I was happy to see that.
1: You know what I wish, though? I wish that it took a more Canadian stance. So what do you mean? So the film... Doesn't explicitly say it's happening in a Canadian town.
0: Um. Oh, it doesn't.
1: No, it's implied that it's happening. Well, really, it's not even implied. You just know it's happening in Nova Scotia because um, the director is from Nova Scotia, and it looks like Nova Scotia. Yeah, I thought it but was yeah,
0: Nova Scotia. Yeah.
1: The patch just says Metropolitan Police. Oh, which could be anywhere. I didn't in the North America. Okay, so like throwing a shot at some horns.
0: Yeah, you know,
1: (laughs) (laughs) because I think what's interesting and important for Canadian audiences is to realize that this is not a isolated United States problem. Mm -hmm. So a lot of the footage he edited at the beginning of the movie i believe was from the ferguson uh protest right and the that kicked off the which real i mean my history is not perfect but it kind of launched the black lives matter um protest and so it was very american footage
0: yeah
1: and or at the very least it wasn't explicitly canadian so I think if we're going to go – and I know we we're saying, oh, it feels like a Canadian movie, but it didn't feel Canadian in the ways where it should have, in, right. my, in my opinion, in terms of a Canadian conversation about race relations. I see
0: what you're but saying. I think
1: he could have gone farther.
0: Yeah. No, I see what you're saying. Being like, like I, I this is
1: saying. Nova Scotia. Yeah. Um,
0: to give it that feel of like this is happening in your backyard, it's not happening – at your next yeah. door neighbor. You know, like that's the idea of, of you, we, so, you know, we think of the States sometimes, um, as this faraway place where things are different here than there, but sometimes they're, they're not so different. Um, so yeah, you, that would have put more of an emphasis on that point. Had it been, this is Halifax. This is, you know, this part of their, this town or this city or wherever. And this is Canadian. And here's some Canadian footage. Um, yeah, that, you're absolutely right.
1: It is being distributed now in the United States. So I get it. You know, we're, we want to make money where we can make money in terms of Canadian media. And if it was explicitly Canadian, maybe he wouldn't have been able to distribute it in the United States. Yeah. But then, to me, that's a comment on profit over... Um, Like, artistic decisions, you know what I mean? And I don't know. I haven't read any articles about the film. I haven't read anything that the director has put out. But I just think he could have gone harder on the Canadiana.
0: Yeah, I mean, I didn't even notice the patch until you've now brought it up. And, yeah, I I guess there there wasn't really a reference to where they were specifically ever in the film. No flags, Um, no street
1: signs.
0: So it was more... This is nebulous as to where it is. Yeah. Um, which you're right. I mean, the, some of the, the issues with making something too nebulous on kind of the flip side of of it just being, oh, this could be anywhere, is you never think it's where you are. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you're absolutely right about that. That's a really good point. Shall we what? hear from our fans?
1: Yeah, I was going to say, what did, yeah. <laughs> our, what did our other... <laughs> watchers well
0: before we do that let's why don't you and i just give give a rating for for this film in our rating system and then we'll hear from our fans so so taylor is this a see it stream it airplane it or skip it for you
1: for me this is a stream it because it falls prey to kind of the typical canadian media problems like the pitfalls of canadian film yeah um and until we learn from our mistakes. It's gonna be stream it's right yeah, like yeah it's just not not that Hollywood is the be all and end all but I would say it's not polished no. the way that we would expect you know I'm paying fifteen dollars plus another fifteen for snacks no, no. I'm not gonna pay thirty dollars to see this movie yeah
0: yeah and and that's kind of where I fall under as well I I was gonna give it a stream it too um, I think I I liked. Uh, the movie overall and it's more of an extremely like, yes, stream it, like it's a it's a positive stream it. But I agree in terms of do you run out right now, see this in the theater, spend the money, do the time like the way our rating system works. I would say no because I can probably name five or six examples of movies that are a little bit more polished and stronger at getting their message aclo- across in a clearer way that are still within this topic. So I think for me it's a stream it as well, but I will say I thought the acting, um, at least from our lead, was superb, and yeah, I do think that there's sure. there's some there's some potential here to this director. Um, I, I would actually be open to seeing more from him. Yeah. Okay. Let's, let's see get,
1: if we can give him some more money.
0: Yeah. Exactly. Let's give him more money. <laughs> let's give him the budget he deserves to tell these types of stories that need to be heard. And let's uh, let's do it, Canadian film. Let's let's support Canadian film, and let's uh, give more budgets. Um, so yeah, our fans wrote in. As I said, some fans um, felt they they didn't want to write in um, a lot about the films, which is fine. That's that there's no pressure there. The form allowed um, you to rate it uh, as well as write in any thoughts, give questions. So only only a few thoughts actually came in. Some of them are short, and then of course there's Tyler Vance. Um, so we'll, we'll get to, to that in a second. I'll just read some of the comments here from a few fans. Um, so Adam wrote and said that he highly recommends this movie. Um, he really thinks it made you think about the film afterwards. So Adam really enjoyed it. Um, we've, got, uh, we've got both uh, Robert and Evita uh, said that it was amazing, uh, that they loved the film, uh, a really great watch. Um, And then Lily wrote in and said that I really enjoyed this movie however I was quite confused by the ending of the film. Um, She asks if we had any thoughts on the ending which we just kind of gave our thoughts to that. Um, But yes it looks like that Lily was confused about the ending as well which is something that, that we talked about so we're not alone in that. Uh, Tyler Vance uh, has written in so here's some thoughts from Tyler hello Mike and Taylor to start I love your new website it's great to see your fantastic content find a place to roast and now just in time for your second movie club well thank you Tyler Um, we're happy you enjoy the new website Uh, hopefully people will go to screeninginkingston.com go to our our little plug little plug um (laughs) Tyler says, um, segue into Black Cop, the first movie in Hear Said Movie Club, is a terrific start, to say the least. I'm a really big fan of movies that give ample marinating time. Examples are uh, time between big events uh, where you, s- you get a chance to sit with the characters and their current vibe and ruminate as to everything you've seen. Black Cop has plenty uh, on which to ruminate, uh, ruminate with and sit with as it gives tons of time for you to uh, see long sequences of the character driving around throughout Halifax, listening to highly opinionated people over the talk radio. So I kind of agree with his thoughts on that, of of that there is time between things, because some of the things you see are heavy that I do think some films do rush through sequences of action and sequences of of drama. This film gave you lots of time, and I, I was never bored, I will say. I don't know how you felt, Taylor. Like, I thought the film what wasn't boring, it didn't lag on. I just more had a problem with some of the confusing moments in it. But, but did you think you were ever bored throughout the film, Taylor?
1: There were times when I was bored, but I wouldn't say that's a problem with filmmaking, like with the filmmaker. I think it's a problem with my attention span. Oh, okay. Like I would I would say that that's a Taylor problem. Gotcha, and I think fair enough. It's a problem that's becoming pretty widespread across the viewing audience. We're used to streaming and binging content and that marination time, um, we're just not used to it (laughs) anymore. And not
0: used to commercials.
1: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So I would say there were times where I was kind of like, okay, like looking at the clock, looking at Instagram. Um but again that's I think that's a me problem.
0: Yeah, and and that's the thing is like that I guess to, to each his own even in terms of that we we're, we're so, cuz even like Tyler continues to say that there's one particular scene that he liked where the officer is driving through the light rain and the camera focuses on the city lights in the background. Um, For some, the sequence might actually seem slow, but to him, he thinks it's using time properly to kind of sit um, Mm -hmm. with it, taking in the score. Um, You know, the fact that you're getting a mix, he's saying, of saxophone, trumpets, percussion... Um, you're getting a mix of styles and the music um, when he gives his soliloquies to the camera He also talks about how he's talking uh, you know con- he's making comments on race authority, his place and everything um, you 're you're getting those moments I guess to sit with things so yeah I, I think he brings up a really good point. Um, He also says that uh, you're maybe taking a little bit of time to relive those hostile interactions the black cop cop has with white citizens. All of them are filmed almost exclusively with a body cam, a dashboard cam, or the phones of the victims and witnesses. He thinks how familiar these types of videos are to the real world now. Um, And I I do think that that's something that surprised me in this film. Um, Tyler's point of things being filmed on... Body cam, webcam, uh, dashboard cam—like wherever it was being filmed. Those types of things actually usually, usually turn me off from films because it, it, it's so jarring and it takes me out of it, and it's usually not filmed very particularly well. I actually thought they did that very effectively. They chose—I the liked that. Yeah, they chose the moments to go to the body cam very well. I've seen it a and, lot in TV sorry. shows where they go to a body cam and it's really weird. But they didn't—they didn't hear. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, what were you? This what works. Were you
1: saying? Yeah, and I liked. Where the emphasis was on the body cam, like you, like yeah, the camera lingered where we knew he was turning it on.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and like, and I, that little was very things effective. like that, yeah. I really like. You're absolutely right. they was very effective. Yeah, and I'm glad Tyler brought that point up because that is something that that I did really like about the film. And I've just seen it done so poorly before, and I've never liked it. But this was the first time that I've seen it done so effectively. Um, so yeah I really like that
1: it never felt gimmicky
0: yeah no that's a good point um you that's a really good point maybe maybe that's why I liked it so much more where it didn't feel like a gimmick it didn't feel like they were doing it for the sake of it
1: yeah being on the nose like oh no
0: no I think you're absolutely right um to finish off Tyler's thoughts he says uh think about how the only difference in the subject of this movie is the skin tone black cop came a came out in 2017, but it feels like it's timely as ever. Sadly, this film could have been released any year over the past several decades, and it would still feel timely. The final scenes of the movie speak to the interaction and recursive nature of these police shootings. Black people keep dying, and things keep staying the same. I think he makes a really good point here. Oh, yeah. And like the fact that this movie could have come out at any point in time... Is is, is a scary thought. It's it it could have been said at any point in time. The fact that it only came out in the past couple of years, even it was even twenty seventeen. What's that? Four years ago? That's five years ago. Like that's still you know that's three. I don't even know what year it is. Three years ago. That's still you know that's not a lot of time. And things you know have clearly continued to escalate. Um, He also says uh, that even though there's kind of this this part of the film, there's also some hope um that this time things might actually be different with movements like black lives matter uh, action that uh, protests being taken around the world and yes uh, empathetic works like black cop being shared maybe this will be a time for change sincerely tyler vance ps quite enjoyed the love simon review on your website really looking forward to more written work from you both have you folks seen boys in the hood highly recommend it um, thank you again tyler um for for all your comments. Um, and yeah, I, I want to share and echo his um his words that um, you know, hopefully things are different and things feel a little different this time, but it is, you know, it does say something I think that this film came out a couple years ago and is as relevant today.
1: I mean, I can't really say it any better than Tyler. yeah, kind of just leaving his thoughts hanging in the air there. I'm not as optimistic that things are better for or things are different for the better given mm-hmm. kind of the unrest in the last couple weeks. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like um, I'm looking at time has no meaning anymore but I'm looking I did a quick Google search Ferguson that um, what I mentioned earlier that happened in 2014. And here I'm thinking oh it, it happened in 2017 to co- to correspond with the events of the film. <laughs> no that was 3 years earlier. Wow. So who even I can't even tell you what protest footage
0: that was being used. Cory
1: Bull's pulled from.
0: Yeah and um, that's not, and that's not good, right? Like I mean when you when you've got protest footage it could be one of any number of things.
1: It could have been from last week.
0: Yep, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, one of the films that that did that very effectively as well. Um, one of my favorite films from a couple of years ago, Black Klansman, um, where Spike Lee put footage from current times yeah. in there that could have been from the '60s or '70s or '80s, but is now. So I, again, I think that that's that is a very. Um, Tyler brings up a really good point. I, yeah, I agree with you. I think he he said it um, he said it better than than definitely I could ever say. I think that he uh, brings his point across well. Ha- have you seen Boys in the Hood? That was kind of his not. last question. Um, that's actually the only uh, John Singleton movie that I like. <laughs> okay. So he, he, I mean, unfortunately, he passed away uh, this year. He directed um, Four Brothers, and the other movie of his, I saw, I think I've just seen Shaft of his other movies. I can't think I of another I liked Four one.
1: Brothers. I see. I, I was also like 14. <laughs>
0: yeah, I didn't like... I think I was a little too old maybe when it came out or when I finally saw it. I, I just didn't... I wasn't into Four Brothers. I really didn't get it. Um, I like some of the actors in it, but I just... I couldn't get into the movie. I, I do... did really like Boys in the Hood, though. I, I think that it's... to me, it's his best film. Um, but I know... I think a lot of people agree with you. They like Four Brothers. Um, but yeah, you know, it's, it's, it is a good movie and it is a good one to recommend. And again, like if people are looking for recommendations, um, either along the same theme of police brutality, or if you're still looking for, you want to support directors of color, or you want to support, um, just Black Lives Matter in general and watch more content, um, then I, I still want to recommend Detroit um, I do think Boys in the Hood is good. I mean, Spike Lee has a new movie that just came out on Netflix, um, and I'm going to watch it this week. Uh, it, I, I really recommend checking that out because the trailer looks really good, um, connection to four guys who come back from the Vietnam War. So there's, there's kind of uh, some interesting things in there. But there's lots of recommendations out there, so um, definitely look at that. John Singleton's work is great. Um, I, I, I like Boys in the Hood some of his other films not so much but again he's a director you can definitely check out as well as Spike Lee um, Detroit I still think is a great movie they, all of these are better than even Crash which is not a great film that shows some of these things in it So
1: don't watch Crash at all no,
0: no the, watch Black Cock over Crash <laughs> that, that, that's definitely for
1: sure no oh, question no, it's
0: not even in the same like Crash is like no a competition. Skip Black Cop is a stream it. it's not even close <laughs> yeah um, shoot we also asked our fans to rate the film so what we did as I said quite a few people did vote on ratings not everyone who signed up for the movie club did so there's still time if, if you want to give us your rating I'll add it to but as, as of today as of us recording this um, 63% of the people who voted said see it Twenty-five percent said stream it. Twelve percent said airplane it, and zero percent said skip it. Oh, cool! So, no, nobody think from our fans at least thinks you should skip this film. The lowest rating was airplane it, um, which is twelve percent. Um, I'll have to. I can get the the actual numbers. Uh, later but e- there is still time there's still about I think 7 or 8 people who, who signed up who hadn't voted if you still want to vote let us know and maybe at the end of the week we'll put the updated numbers out on our social media platforms But, uh, but our is. own
1: raw tomatoes yeah
0: um, but there you go That that's our conversation on, on Black Cop um, we're, we're going to get to a couple fan questions before we end off Taylor is there anything else you wanted to add before we uh, get to fan questions no great <laughs> let's go. Let's, let's, dive, let's dive into some fan questions. Um, as I said, there's quite a few people who did write in this week. I'm sorry that some of your questions will have to be next week. It's just because of the volume and the time we have. So we'll get to a few people. So we'll get uh, maybe we'll get a couple of last couple questions. So maybe we'll get one from a few. So let's go for Josh first. Um, what was the best movie you watched last year? So that would be 2019. And what was the worst movie you watched in 2019?
1: Best I had, had to words. do a quick... T- <laughs> I'm like, what What even came out? In yeah, 2019? what came out in 2019? Um, yeah. Knives Out kind of ended uh, out my year. Yeah. And maybe because I saw it at the end of the year, but truly one of the best movies of 2019.
0: Oh, I couldn't agree with you more. I saw it and late, and I loved it.
1: Yeah. Just so fun. Just so good. The- like, what I wish movies were doing right now.
0: Talk about a movie that... I wish I had seen in theaters. <laughs> it would be I nice I did see in the theaters. Yeah, you, okay, you saw it in theaters. Yeah. yeah. I saw, I streamed it at home, and, and I, uh, I cannot believe I missed it in theaters. I would have loved it. It's
1: a good one.
0: Um, I think, I mean, Parasite. Oh, yeah. I would say it was one of my favorite movies, one of the best that I saw in 2019. Um, I'd even put, um, I mean, just for mainly emotional reasons, Avengers Endgame on that list. Um, as well as Knives Out. Um, Those would be some of them. I really liked Toy Story 4. They just kind of surprised me. 1917 I really liked as well. But those are some of the the better ones. I don't know, worst movies. Like, I didn't like The Joker. You didn't either.
1: I didn't like The Joker. I didn't really enjoy Us. Um, But I wouldn't necessarily say it was the worst movie. No. I would, uh, in terms of just disappointment and, like, lack of enjoyment... The dead don't die. Yeah,
0: I was disappointed. what a bummer. I was disappointed by that film. I really was.
1: Oh, Oh, one hundred percent.
0: Same with um, same with uh, Star Wars, the the last Star Wars movie of that of that group. Uh, I, I didn't particularly like that as well. Um, also, Jojo Rabbit came out that year, and so did Rocket Man and A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. In terms of the good section. Um,
1: yeah those were good well I didn't see A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood but I saw the other one but like Rocket Man
0: was great and it was so long ago I don't even remember like seeing it in the theater but it was 2019 so
1: yeah I saw it in the theater and it certainly was 2019 but yeah 2019 well 2020 feels like it's been seven years
0: 2020 is a year we're going to remember for the rest of our lives and I think 2019 is one we're not going to because it happened before 2020, <laughs> like I don't even think. I don't even think. What,
1: it's, what no. do I remember? Um, being on my couch for yeah, six months.
0: Being on the couch. <laughs> uh, get to a, 2020. Get to a couple questions just to end things off. Josh, will get to the rest of yours next week. We gotta leave room for people here. Um. Oh. Um. A quick question from Jason, because this falls up on a, on a topic we had last week talking about um, Jordan Peele. He says, It's interesting uh, to hear you talk about Jordan Peele maybe becoming locked into horror. Do you think that means he is a one-dimensional director? Do you think a director needs to be doing different types of work in order to be considered good? Um, what do you think about that, Taylor?
1: I think... Um, no, that doesn't mean he's going to be pigeonholed and like I think he very well could do other stuff do I wish he would only do horror yes for selfish (laughs) reasons because I think we need more good modern horror film directors yeah I'm not one of those people who are like oh if they can't do everything they're not good we had this conversation when we talked about auteurs yep I'd rather you do one thing the best then like 10 things so-so. Yeah. So if he only stays making horror for the rest of his career, all the better. Yeah. It gives him time to grow and become a better director and kind of um, hone his craft. But on the flip side, I don't think that makes him a bad director if he only stays in one genre.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I like to see varieties of directors, but that doesn't necessarily mean genre. There can be variety within how Storytelling, you, yeah, exactly how, how you tell the story within that genre. Because even like I'll, I would say, Jordan Peele could become for horror what Christopher Nolan has become for blockbusters, but still do different things. Um, even Wes Anderson, like Wes Anderson is, is a is a great teller of stories and great world builder. So even though a lot of the films are the same, there are still different styles within them. There's still different genres within them. I mean, the, the Grand Budapest Hotel has has a different story arc and a different feel to it for me than than some of his other like than isle of dogs does oh yeah there's lots of similarities for sure and he's good at what he does but i I still think jordan peele could very much just do horror films for the rest of his life and still do a lot of unique things with it that make him a really strong director
1: i think though he could translate to comedy like without skipping a beat yeah because just because there's so many comedic undertones in us and um, oh my gosh, I'm blanking on his first one. Oh, uh, get out! Uh, get out! Yeah. Um. So again, like I don't, I don't think that means he can't do other yeah. genre work and yeah. not do a great job, especially because he comes from a comedic background. Yeah, absolutely. But I think why not stick to one genre and be amazing yeah. at it,
0: and and give us another amazing uh, horror director. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's all, all the time we have for this week. I hope everybody uh, uh, enjoyed uh, streaming along with us for Black Cop, the first film in our movie club. We're, we're off to another film next week. It's The Ravenous next week. That's available on Netflix, so be sure to stream along with us. And if you haven't yet, go sign up for our movie club on ScreeningInKingston.com.
1: Go stream some movies.
0: Thank you for listening to the Screening in Kingston podcast. Recorded at CFRC at Queen's University in Kingston, Ontario. Queen's University sits on the traditional lands of the Haudenosaunee and Anishabi peoples. We would like to thank the Faculty of Engineering and Applied Sciences and the CFRC podcast Network.